Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. You can go to the mysticalunderground.com where we make regular posts and where you can find out more about our books. Our most recent nonfiction book, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, uh, Trish's latest novel, Skin Shifters, and Rob's latest novel, is Tulpas. We also co-authored a book of short stories called Outliers. Uh, that's the first time we've did we partnered on fiction? I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Andy Paquette is back, the author of Dreamer: Twenty Years of Psychic Dreaming. I hope we got the name of the book right this time. He was here recently, about a month ago, I guess. We recorded, and but just as it was getting really interesting, we were cut short by technical difficulties. We were about to start talking about ghosts, so we asked Andy to come back and welcome back, Andy. Well, thank you. It's glad, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk to you guys again. Yeah. So, I, as I said, we're about to talk about dreams about ghosts, uh, which you uh, wrote uh, make up a significant number of your dreams. But uh, before we go there, I'd like to ask you what sounds like a very broad question, but one that I think uh, you have a somewhat specific answer. The question is, what is a dream? And what are junk dreams? Yeah, well... As far as what a dream is, as far as I'm concerned, that's just what we remember from what we're doing while we sleep. Okay, so and when I say what we're doing, you, you know, some of your listeners might wonder what what I mean by by that. I'm talking about your spirit. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we do have spirits, and we have bodies. Our spirits control our bodies, and while our bodies sleep, our spirits are free to roam and do things. They can either just sit there and and you know, fantasize, which I think some people will have dreams like that. And they can also do things and uh, they can go out and they can see things in different time periods. They can see things in distant locations. They can do things on a purely spiritual uh, level. Um, And then whatever we remember is that portion we take back into consciousness. But um, that's that, in my mind, anyway, is what a dream is. It's our memory of what our spirit is doing while our body sleeps. Andy, have you, I'm just curious, have you ever dreamed about, uh, like when you're working on comic strips and that kind of thing, dreamed of images that you later use? Uh, well, I, 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 I dream of images all the time. Yeah, no, I, but I meant that you use specifically in your comic book work. Uh, yeah, actually, a long time ago, I published a story in David Mazzucchelli's, uh Rubber Blanket comic um, that was explicitly based on one of my dreams. Mm. Uh, and he was, I think he was a little disappointed because he, he thought um, that, uh, I think he thought I was just going to write a like post-apocalyptic disaster type story, um, even though I told him this is based on a dream. 
and I, but I think he, he thought I meant that I had like some kind of fantastic weird dream, not that I had a dream <laughs> that I expected might actually be true. And uh, so he was very surprised that I that I, I did this story where I, I basically laid out exactly what the dream was, as opposed to like amplifying it to make it more sensational in some way. Hmm. Uh, but uh, but I did do that, um, and I you know what I dreamed of like time covers before they were published, and I made drawings of them in my journal before they came out. Uh, I didn't do that too many times. I did a couple times, um, and I've. You know, like another time, I, I dreamt of uh, getting something in the mail from a certain person, and it, uh, it was a gallery card that had some art on it, and I made a drawing of what huh. was on the card, and it matched up pretty well. Um, so I've, I've I've had that kind of thing happen, and you know, if you look on my uh, my website, packart.com, p-a-q-a-r-t.com, um, I've got a painting in there. Actually, I've got more than one painting, but uh, I. I've got an acrylic painting that's fairly finished um, that's based on a dream. It's uh, mm. a leaving a station. Um, and that was actually a very long and interesting dream uh, that I had while I was napping on the couch in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, in it, I, um, I was shown that we, we basically have all these appointments in life that we have to meet. And it's kind of like meeting a train in the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like it took all my effort to uh, do all the things that I was supposed to do in any given time period so that they were all done. And then I'd get my next assignment and then I could go off and do that. Um, And in that particular dream, I was shown that I had been given the assignment of painting for that particular time period, which is what I was doing in Phoenix, but that that time was going to be over soon. And I was going to have to catch my train and get my next assignment, which turned out to be teaching in the Netherlands. Um, so, uh, anyway, I thought that was an interesting dream, so I made a painting of it, but is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I was just wondering how your dreams and creativity, you know, mix together and merge. Uh, speaking of trains, do you have many dreams about trains? Uh, (laughs) because because I have (laughs) have dreams about trains and airplanes and I I never take trains, but why do I dream about trains? Uh, You know, symbolically, I guess maybe I'm in training for something is what I always think about it, but. You wrote an article on how I feel about uh, symbols in dreams. Um, I actually don't really think that symbols in dreams are, are all that common. But I just right. looked at the word train in my dream journal, and I find 211 entries. <laughs> wow. Uh, and not a lot of trains in the night time. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily dreams about trains. Uh, some of them I might just be mentioning a train. Uh, some of them the train is more significant as a, as a part of the dream. Um, but uh, overall, my 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 impression is that it's not what I would consider a very significant uh, subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have had a couple of significant dreams that did involve trains. Like there was another one um, where I was. I was totally aware that I was asleep, that my body was asleep, and that um, I was dreaming. And I was with a bunch of other spirits that were similarly situated. So they all were aware that their bodies were sleeping and that they were sleeping, uh, rather that they were active as spirits. And we were all uh, working out where we were going to meet each other when we woke up later so that we could uh, uh, organize or participate in certain activities and get certain things done. Um, but we all uh, got onto a train 
um, where we were given information by this this other spirit who was talking to us. So, um, hmm. Did you know these people? I mean, in waking life? Uh, some of them I did, uh, but I, I don't remember who they are. I was just aware that I knew them. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. And, but the thing is, is that it, I wasn't consciously aware of of the connection, if you if you know right. what I mean. Um, because it, it might be that I was supposed to meet a certain person at a shop so that I can say a certain thing. And it's a person who's like a total stranger to me in my daily life. But in the dream, that person was somebody I was supposed to contact and give a certain piece of information so that that person could do something with it. And it would just come up in casual conversation or something like that. Mm. Uh, I'm making up that example, by the way, it's that. Yeah. Kind of- <laughs> Uh, I don't want you to think that that specific thing actually happened because I I didn't feel like taxing my memory to come up with a specific example, I'm afraid. (laughs) So, Andy, what about repetitive dreams? What do you think about that? I have these repeated dreams of I'm in a foreign country and I've got to catch this airplane and I can't find my my luggage or I can't find my ticket and I'm scrambling to get to the airport on time. And uh, they just happen over and over again. Well, Uh, there's... uh, I have, a, I have a couple of comments on that subject. Uh, first off, um, there is the, the, the concept of the, the repetitive dream or the repeating dream that comes from Freud and Jung uh, that dates back over 100 years now. And the idea is these are personally significant people for generally symbolic reasons based on the way they interpret these things. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you a real-world example. So uh, back in 1985... My then girlfriend Kitty and I um, decided to go to Europe to look at a bunch of uh, museums. So we went to uh, London and then Paris and then Amsterdam. And when we were in Amsterdam, I liked the place so much that I said, let's just get an apartment here and, and just stay here. And she was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got an apartment on uh, Faiselstraat in Amsterdam. And uh, she got uh, she got bored after about a month and said, I'm going back to New York. And I said, okay, well, I'm staying here. But then I got bored with her gone. So I said, so I called her up and I said, I'm coming back to New York too. <laughs> she was like, okay. So I left. So, um, so I had been there for a total of about three months. But when I got back to uh, New York, where we were living in a little apartment in Queens, uh, for the next year or so, I dreamt I was back in the Netherlands, and uh-huh. it's like every single night I dreamt I was I was back in the Netherlands, but I wasn't in Amsterdam. I was in some other town I didn't recognize, um, and I, I just had all these dreams about living there. And you could say that's a repetitive dream, even though the content wasn't really the same content. It was, mm-hmm. it was the same general idea that I was back living in, in the Netherlands, but. Um, but the content shifted from dream to dream. So anyway, little did I suspect that 30 years later that we would actually move to the Netherlands, which we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so you could say, now this is before I started recording my dreams, so I don't, I don't have the details anymore, but it's possible that those were dreams about what was going to happen when we moved back to the Netherlands 30 mm-hmm. years later. Um, mm. I don't which, know. which, which time in the Netherlands did you have the dream about being killed, dying? Uh, Is that the uh, first time? That, that one was back in 1985. 
Oh, okay. Uh -huh. okay. That was that was uh, right before that event, and that was right before that precipitated my return to the United States. Right. Yeah, I, I was getting that. bored, and then I had that dream, and I was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm out of here." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you were talking about repetitive dreams, so there's there's that. Um, but then there's the kind of dream where uh, something is repeated multiple times within the dream, and in oh. my case, that's happened a couple times. And in both cases. Uh, actually, I'm thinking of two specific dreams right now. Uh, it might have happened more often than that, but that, the two are coming to mind quite strongly. And and in both cases, there was a spirit guide, and I was made aware that I was sleeping, and I was told um, that the dream was going to repeat uh, on purpose so that I could more easily remember the content when I woke up, that that was ah. the purpose. Um, and uh, then there's another kind of repeating uh, sequence of events uh, that I think is more what you were talking about. Yeah. So it's not so. So, for instance, you're talking about you can't find your luggage. Your right. people test in school and they don't remember anything, and they find yeah. their clothes and they're like, "What happened to my clothes?" Co common um, dream things. Yeah. Yeah. So those things, in my opinion, tend to be, and this is, again, this is my opinion. I can't say definitively mm -hmm. that this is the case. This is just my impression. Those are artifacts of our, uh, of the confusion that we get when we're mixing our conscious awareness with our unconscious awareness. Mm. So our, our spirit experience conflicts with our waking knowledge. And yeah. that confuses us. So, for instance, our waking knowledge is we went to bed without any clothes on. Our sleeping experience is I'm in a train station. We mix the two <laughs> and we're naked in a train station. Right. And yeah. All of a sudden, we're not paying attention to the dream anymore. We're paying attention to what we think is going on. Uh -huh. And it basically screws up the whole dream. This yeah. is one of the reasons why I... Um, I, I don't really uh, like the conversations I've had with people about lucid dreams because um, it, in my mind, the way some people anyway, including dream researchers, use the term lucid dreaming um, is completely different from the way I look at the, at the meaning of that term. Because to me, a lucid dream means simply that I'm aware that I'm asleep in the dream. Okay? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, but the way this term is used in... Uh, in, in the work of some researchers anyway, and quite a few people who are not researchers, um, they they use it to mean a dream where you are controlling the dream because right. you're, you're aware that you're asleep. Yeah. Uh, I was actually very surprised when I discovered this, and I, I discovered it when I was speaking at a dream conference at, in Rolduc, uh, which is a monastery in the Netherlands, and I met this guy, Robert Wagner, who wrote a book called Lucid Dreaming. In fact, I think he's the guy who, who like coined the term, uh, mm -hmm. or at least he's the one who popularized it with that book. But I was talking to him about it, and I realized that um, that he had this idea that you control the dream when you're lucid. And my experience is, if I'm in a dream and I know I'm awake, or rather, I, I know that my body's asleep, but I'm awake inside the dream, um, then if I were to modify my behavior in the dream, it destroys the dream. Hmm. And so I make an effort in those situations to not do anything that would disrupt the dream, okay? Um, because I look at those dreams typically as being communication to me. And if I interfere with the communication by becoming aware of the situation in a way that causes me to uh, redirect my attention, 
then suddenly I'm disrupting whatever it is that's trying to, to be communicated to me. It's kind of like looking at your face reflected in a pond and then throwing a rock in the pond. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so to me, the, the whole idea of utilizing the, the lucid state in order to uh, manufacture a desired and or to get answers to questions or whatever, I think is, is not a, a great idea. Now, Maybe other people are fantastic at doing this and very skilled, and um, and it works for them. But to me, it wrecks the the quality oh, of the dream. That's fascinating. Yeah, right. So you do the opposite of what they recommend. <laughs> yeah, play it out and let it yeah, play out. that's great. Well, let's talk yeah, about it, the characters in dreams. Uh, can you distinguish characters who are kind of figments of your imagination and ones that are uh, could be spirits and some that could be actually humans in who live in the physical world along with you that appear in your dream are, are those areas that you see the characters well, exist since you asked the question i went ahead and did a quick search on my database <laughs> i have 143 characters listed as fictitious oh my god huh. and it's they're not real common like when that happens it'll it happens like once or something Oh. Um, so, like, for instance, uh, character ID number 75 is Superman, the superhero, uh, who appears in apparently 29 dreams. Wow. And some he's a primary cast type and others he's just a mention. So I'll just pick one dream as an example. Let's just go to this <laughs> January 8th, 1991. Uh, I have to go to a different screen here to go find this. Just a second. Uh, this is one of the handy things about a, having a um, database like this, is that I can find things really quickly. Oh, it looks like I had 12 dreams that night. Jeez. So I have to go through all of these. Um, you just keep it in like a Word file or what? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, I did a long time ago, but there's that was very hard to search. Um, uh -huh. This is, this is a, a proper database that I had to make. Hmm. Uh, it was not easy at all. Uh, oh, shucks, I can't find it. It doesn't take too long. It's hard to read while I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so for instance, I, um, oh, well, here's one with the swamp thing. Let's see, what, why is he? <laughs> oh, because drawings of the swamp thing. Yeah, so uh -huh. I, uh, so the thing is, is fictitious characters are mentioned, but typically they're not going to, uh, actually be participants in the dream. Uh -huh. uh, that would be kind of unusual. A couple other ones, like Spider-Man, and these would most likely be dreams of me drawing Spider-Man or yeah. uh, looking at a comic book of Spider-Man. Uncle Scrooge shows up, and I... Now, Uncle Scrooge, I, I know why he's in a couple of them anyway, because I had dreams about Karl Barks after he died, um, and in the dreams I mentioned that he had drawn Uncle Scrooge, and in one case... He was there with uh, other members of his family that had passed before him, uh, hmm. his father, his wife, and I think it was two brothers. And um, in that particular dream, they were talking about the Uncle Scrooge uh, comic books that he had drawn. So, uh. um, so that's the context that these guys will show up. Um, Mona Robinson, huh, that's funny. That's a gal from the Who's the Boss TV show. But the point is, they do show up. Mm -hmm. But it's not real common. Uh, mm. So one of the things in my database is that um, for every person or character that appears, um, I list 
who, who it is and whether they pay attention to me or and what type of character they are in the dream. So, for instance, huh. for the, the, the appearance of the Swamp Thing drawing, since the Swamp Thing is a character, even though he doesn't actually appear as a character, um, I write down that it's Swamp Thing, and then under does he pay attention to me or not, it's not applicable because it's just a drawing. And the cast type is an image as opposed to a primary, secondary mention or, or a, huh. a thought character. So, um, and the reason I break it down like that is because, um, uh, well, like questions like this one you just asked me, um, it, it kind of disturbs me when people say, I dreamt of God, and then I look at the dream, and they mention God, but God is clearly not present in the dream. Hmm. Um, I dreamt of Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is not a, a character in the dream. Um, <laughs> and I've had dreams of characters like that where uh, that aren't fictitious, that I thought, you know, how could this be? Like, for instance, I had a dream that um, someone offered me um, free tickets to watch Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah play tennis, right? <laughs> I thought, that's really weird. But later that day, I was, a friend of mine asked me to go down to the World Trade Center with him. And while we were walking around, somebody walked up to me and said, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah are um, doing promotion for their this movie that they just did together, which I think was called Splash, um, and they're playing a game of celebrity oh tennis right God, here. That's <laughs> incredible. Want them. Precognitive. And, and I, I, I didn't want them because I, I was uninterested in it. But, but the fact <laughs> is, they came up to me and offered me the tickets, which is precisely what I dreamt. Um, huh. So the thing is, sometimes though, I'll have a dream like that where, where I write down it's, it's a certain person. And it turns out that in reality, it's somebody talking about that person or yeah. somebody who looks like that person um, or somebody who is connected to that person. In that particular case, it was exactly the person I wrote down. But huh. yeah. So how do, you, how do you know when you have a dream like Spider-Man, how do you know that's not a spirit uh, disguised as Spider-Man? Well, first <laughs> off, if... Okay, you, you, now, now I have to look these up. The thing <laughs> is that uh, for the most part, I, you know, I write down it's it's a drawing of him, okay? Or I'm thinking about him, or, or I'm thinking about those comics, or something like yeah. that. So that's really clear. So uh, I'll, let's see, it looks like uh, February 13th, 1990, he's a primary cast type, so that <laughs> would mean he actually interacts with me. So let me let me see what that dream is, just a okay. second. Um, I wasn't quite finished with the redundant, uh, or the repetitive dreams either. I wanted to uh, finish talking about that in a minute. Yeah, so, okay. Um, let's you can tell we have so many questions for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that night I had five dreams. Oh, that's funny. Why is... Ooh, I might have to fix my database. It's... Um, let me do it a different way. Because uh, he's showing up as in that dream, but I'm not finding him. So uh, I have to type it in now. Just a second. Okay. Ah, here we go. So... Okay, so I'm, I, I'm having to kind of look at this. Okay, so we get to the store, find comics, but haven't sufficient interest to buy any of them. After looking for a little while, we uh, we leave. Two comics that caught my attention were successive issues of Batman or Batman and the Outsiders, Spider-Man or Flash. Okay, so here I'm talking about comic books. Oh, okay. you know what? I'll tell you one that you'll find is interesting. Um, I had, a, you know, I stopped verifying my dreams a long time ago because I, I just got bored of it because I figured, you know, I've proven that, this happens. I verified enough. 
I really don't need to verify anymore to convince myself that I can dream of the future. Right. Uh, it, it just happens. Um, so anyway, uh, then one day I was looking for something else. I, I completely forget what it was, but I was looking for something else. And I just happened to be looking through and I found a dream that totally surprised me. Uh, because it was a dream where I, I saw that there was a new Avengers movie coming out that was going to feature the the cast of the Avengers that that uh, was the new cast from Avengers number uh, it was either seventeen or nineteen which is uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch uh, Quicksilver Hawkeye and a couple of others and um, and that it was going to star James Spader and that uh, Ultron was going to be the villain okay. Now, that dream was dated before they even cast the movie Avengers 2. <laughs> oh, but nice. all, those, all those people were in it, and it was exactly that cast. So huh. uh, that was kind of interesting. So that was a dream about the future. But if I looked at the dream itself, um, I don't know that I would have been aware that that was anything different from a regular dream about comics, except for the fact that I mentioned it's a new movie. But... But the thing is, is that could be interpreted a lot of different ways until the movie actually comes out. And right. This is exactly what it said it was at, at face value. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, as far and the other thing is the fictitious characters. Um, there are some that I don't list as fictitious, but others might. So, for instance, uh, uh, see, I have under characters, I, I have an ID number for them so they can be located their name if I know it. Uh, how often they appear, what their profession is, if it's who has a profession, religion, nationality, what types they are, gender, whether I know them or not, that kind of stuff, right? So under type, I have human, ghost, spirit guide, alien, fictitious, religious, god, mythological, animals, uh. fairies. So let's just go for fairy, right? So nature spirit. Uh, and then I perform a find. So I've got only six occurrences of nature spirits. And I'll give you an example of one of those. It comes across as very fictitious, right? Uh, so I have a dream about finding a leprechaun in my mom's bathroom. And he has fooled around with her toilet so that he injects water straight up, right? And he was a really nasty little beast of a guy. It was, he was like this nature spirit, and he liked to like just destroy stuff like this because he thought it was this hilarious practical joke to play on people, right? Okay, so that's the dream I had. Well, what happens when I call my mom? She says her toilet spontaneously started shooting water out of the bowl oh, that morning. Okay, so so I've got a dream about a leprechaun. I can't verify the leprechaun part of it, but I have just verified the toilet ejecting water part of it, which is huge. Uh. I mean, she's never seen that happen before, um, and neither had I. <laughs> so and that she was didn't, you sure she didn't see the leprechaun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, so that, that was, I think, kind of interesting. So is that just me dreaming about what was really happening with her toilet and then creating a, an imaginary reason for it? Or was there really this nature spirit guy, uh, actually connected to it? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Um, and I've had like another one where I, I thought that in the dream, I, I was aware that I was asleep and I thought I was looking at a fairy and, uh, and she said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, that's just how I look to you. Um, so, but I, I wrote it down that way anyway, because that's what I thought she was. So, um, so I've had them correct me and say, no, that's not what I am. 
Um, what was she? Uh, I would have to find that one, but because they're all labeled the same, it would take some searching. So yeah. I don't know. do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but the, the type is actually kind of interesting, I, I think, uh, because uh, it, it says, it, how shall I say this? Uh, what I have found when I look through the, the characters in my dreams is that I infrequently um, dream about people that I am close to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to, let's put it another way. I'm more, I, I, I dream about them less frequently than you would expect. Um, and I dream more frequently about people that I am not really that connected to in daily mm-hmm. life, much more often than you would expect. Uh, uh, I mean, there so, are a couple. So when you do that, Andy, are those people uh, projecting themselves into your dream world or are you just... Is it from your imagination that you're they're there? How how are they there? I mean, they're are well, they? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Like for instance, I've dreamt about people at the same time that they're dreaming about me. Yeah, okay? mm-hmm. and and sometimes in their dream of me, I tell them we're asleep, and it's important that you call me when you wake up to tell me what you dream. <laughs> wow. uh, and what wow. I that's happened. Uh, like, Does that right? work? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> I, like, like, for instance, uh, there was this one night I had a dream where uh, there was a guy I know named, uh, uh, actually, I don't want to give his name in case he hears this, uh, but there, there, was this, there was this guy I knew, and uh, he had this, like, incredibly tiny baby that he just threw out of his car window to die, right? And that's all the dream was. That's all I remembered Thank from God. Uh, about uh, a week, week and a half later, something like that. Um, uh, I had a, a, a couple of friends of mine who also knew this guy come over for dinner at my place. And while I was talking to them, the, the girl said, you know, it's funny. I had a dream about you last week. And in the dream, it was about this other guy who had killed the baby. Oh, and, geez. Uh, and you appeared to me in the dream and told me to tell you about this when I saw you. Wow. Uh, huh. So what we both figured that meant is he coaxed his girlfriend into having an abortion is what we think happened uh, wow uh, but, it's, that, but that was something i never bothered checking to me um having that girl confirm my that right she was dreaming the same subject matter essentially yeah. with the same guy on the same night was interesting enough to uh. satisfy curiosity but um but yeah that that kind of thing does does happen uh. another one this is actually quite a very interesting one i i love this one um, this one hit, touches on reincarnation, uh, which really makes church uncomfortable. But um, in this dream, I there I was in the presence of this woman that I absolutely was positive I knew from a, a previous life. I mean, it, it was just like absolutely clear to me I, I knew this person, and um, and the name that kept coming to mind when I was trying to remember who she was was. Um, uh, Marcia spelled uh, uh, M-A-R-C-I-A. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I asked her if that was her name, she said, not exactly, but close. She said, my first name is like the department store, and my last name is exactly like the department store. And on top of that, she had a southern accent, short blonde hair. And so I figured, just based on past experience, I would meet her that day when I in oh, while huh. So I, I said to, I wrote it down and I said to my wife, her name is going to be like, her first name will be like a department store and the second one will be exactly the same. 
as a department store. Moreover, the way it's spelled will be similar to M-A-R-C-I-A, although I wasn't sure what the name was. Um, and I said, we're going to meet her today. And then, because we were planning on going to Central Park with a couple of friends of ours that day. So I told them also. So we got there and uh, I had my eyes closed because I was resting. My back was killing me because I'd really hurt it pretty badly and uh, doing some yoga. When all of a sudden I heard this girl's voice from my dream, I, I recognized it immediately from the dream. So with my eyes shut, without even looking, I knew that this person was from my dream. So I, I sat up and opened my eyes, and she was a spitting image of the gal from my dream. So I whispered to God. Kitty, who we're married to now. I said, "I said, Kitty, this is this is her. Let's let's find out what her name is, right?" And her name was Macy Sears, M-A-C-I-E, which is very similar to Marcia, and it's very similar to the the Macy's department store, uh-huh. but it's the same. Remember, she said it's similar to, but not the same as a department store, and the last name is exactly the same as a department store, Sears. So um, Sears. Oh. Huh. It's the only person I've ever met with a name like that. Anyway, so the thing is, you figure stories over, right? But we're not talking about that kind of story. We're talking about uh, people who dream about me at the same time as I'm dreaming about them. So let's go forward a couple of weeks, okay? So I asked her uh, if she wouldn't mind, because I had this dream and I told her about the dream. I said, uh, would you mind just verifying that this incident occurred, right? Just just write up a note and send it to me that it says on such and such a date, I met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, that kind of thing and uh, she said sure right so a couple of weeks later i had a dream that i was a a native american and it was sometime in the remote past and i um i was engaged in a battle to the death with this other indian guy and there was this old indian woman under a tree waiting to patch up whoever survived the fight um and i didn't want to fight because this guy was my friend and apparently i'd done something that had offended him and he felt like it was a matter of honor that he had to kill me and i was like you know i don't i i'm not really all that upset about this issue uh, i'd rather not fight you because you're my friend i like to keep it that way like i'm sorry this has to be done so we had this fight and the fight was really strange because we were both you know muscular guys and we could barely move each other i mean we were like grabbing each other in such a way that you know neither one of us could do anything um, but at a certain point, I noticed my sandal had started to come loose, and that distracted me just enough that he was able to um, uh, kill me with a knife. So you might wonder, well, what's that got to do with Macy Sears in Central Park in New York, right? <laughs> so next thing that happens is I'm getting a little fed up with her not sending me this this uh, letter. So I called her up because I'd, I'd gotten her number uh, when we were there. And she said, you know, it's funny you call. I wasn't going to uh, call you, but I had this dream about you where you told me that we were Native American Indians in a past life together, and and that I should tell you that, um, but I felt kind of silly because that's a silly thing to say to somebody, (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't, so I didn't want to call, but since you called, I will tell you that. So, uh, and she had, uh, I'm sorry, I I made a mistake in the way I recorded that. Uh, I had that that dream about the Indian the same day that I I met her. So it was that night. That the date she had the dream too. She said when she went went home that night, she had this dream that I I, uh, told her this. Uh, So anyway, uh, the confirmation happened like two weeks later. So anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it does happen like that. I've even had... uh, (laughs) One person claims, no, two people claim to have actually seen me uh, while I'm dreaming about them. 
literally in another location, they say they actually saw me, and, uh, and uh, it was kind of shocking to them. Um, one guy, this this one really frustrates me. Um, I've had, I've, I, you know, many of my friends have become witnesses to these things simply because, <laughs> uh, you know, they're connected to me, and that gives me, a, I guess, a reason to dream about them. Yeah. Um, but some of them are very unwilling about it. Uh, they really don't want to be witnesses to these things because they really don't <laughs> believe in this stuff. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so when, you, when you dream, like when you dream of a woman and then you meet the woman in uh, real life, is this something that uh, Kitty gets uh, upset about or jealous about? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? No. Not even close. Look, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, um, this is this is just one of these lucky things, I guess. But, uh, you know, I had a dream about uh, who I was going to be married to when I was 17. And mm. I met her when I was 19, knew she was the person from the dream, and I married her when I was 22. Uh. We've been together ever since. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, you know, I do photography and I photograph, you know, very... Attractive models from time to time, um, but you know that's work. That's me just focusing on on getting the best possible image I can get. Um, I'm I'm just not the kind of person that you would get jealous of, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's also because I, I'm just I, I I you know I I know I'm with the right person, and I'm you know that that's who I've right my destiny. Fascinating. And and you know she's my first date. Uh, you know, I hadn't dated anyone before I met my wife, and, and then I married her, and that's that. So, problem dealt with. I don't really need to. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm, I'm actually kind of confused by people who, who date a lot of different people, because to me, each successive person you go out with, particularly in the modern context of dating, which involves more than just meeting them these days, um, it seems to me that each successive person lowers the potential value of any future relationship because mm. you're dividing your attention between the person you're with and the memories of all the persons you've been with. Mm. Uh, so uh, by by staying with the first person you meet, um, <laughs> which is what I did, you have the full concentration of value there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Kitty knows I look at it this way. So, so okay. yeah, she, she doesn't get jealous. <laughs> All right. Well, was this uh, fight that you had with this other Native American guy, was it because of this Macy Sears? No, 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 no. The, the oh, idea okay. was that's that's who she was. She was the other guy in the dream. Oh, she, oh, was? she was? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't okay. get that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, the funny thing, I had a, another dream about her uh, after that, and in it... Um, we, uh, I forget if we were told this, I'd have to look it up to find out the details, but, um, but yeah, I think we were told that, uh, when we met that day in the park and then had that conversation on the phone later, um, that sort of completed a sequence of events that had to happen, hmm. uh, and that we would have no further reason to ever contact or see each other again, either in uh. life or in spirit. It was, it was kind of like, um, uh, that was unfinished business that that got dealt with somehow by, by us meeting on a spiritual level. Uh, so you yeah. fully accept uh, reincarnation then because you yeah. have these experiences in mm -hmm. your dreams that are uh, reincarnational. Actually, 
the answer to your first question is yes, and the answer to your second question is no. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't accept reincarnation because of my dreams. Quite frankly, okay. I think my dreams are inadequate evidence for that. Okay. Uh, my dreams on the subject of reincarnation um, are, uh, how shall I say this, the ones that I can, I can confirm, uh, one could also explain as being some kind of telepathy. Okay, hmm. uh, so it could be that Macy is thinking about Native Americans, and so I have a dream about them, and and so I can confirm that the dream is psychic in the sense that it has uh, uh, it, it. I dreamt the same thing that she dreamt at the same time, so that's definitely psychic. But whether it, it actually is definitive proof of reincarnation, I would want some kind of ancillary proof of that. Uh, now, I think that it makes more sense that it is reincarnation. I just don't consider it proof. What convinced me of reincarnation is the research of Dr. Ian Stevenson of the uh -huh. University of Virginia. Uh, I actually thought the research was so interesting that I drove down to Virginia and, and met with one of his colleagues, Antonia Mills, and had some conversations down there. I tried to get into their date to, to look at some of their records. I thought that would be very interesting, but I wasn't allowed because I didn't work there. But... Um, but I think his convincing is, or his research is highly uh, convincing. Well, you also had a dream from a previous life from 1928, right? Uh, 24. Uh, yeah, 24. I've, I've had quite a few dreams about past lives, actually. Because uh, I've had uh, dreams that uh, I died as an American soldier in Vietnam in 1962, wow. which was the first year that American soldiers died, so there weren't very many. Mm -hmm. uh, in that dream, um, I was a young guy from Florida, and um, and uh, I was one of the first troops went over there, and I got killed. Uh, I've had several mm. dreams about that. Um, and then the life prior to that would have been the one in the 1920s. Uh -huh. And in that one, I haven't had any dreams of how I died in that life. I just have dreams of living in that time period. Um, and then I have dreams of uh, living in as... The, that Indian guy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also as a uh, living in the older West uh, uh, as a businessman of some kind mm. in the 80 time period, and I would have been fairly old at that time. And then uh, I've also dreamt of myself as being Japanese and huh. a craftsman of some kind that I, I, I would build things uh, like uh, houses and things. Uh, this, by the way, is a skill that obviously hasn't transferred to my present incarnation. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my wife, won't, Kitty, won't even let me touch power tools. She's afraid I'll break them. Right. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to get an axe to chop a tree. Like, absolutely, no, we're not getting an axe. <laughs> I didn't want to contemplate what kind of accidents I might manage to accomplish with that thing in my hands. Uh, so anyway, um, so I've had dreams about past lives, uh, certainly, but... Uh, only two of them were evidential, the, the Macy Sears one and the one with my dad. Um, in both cases, like my dad said he had imaged memories of, did I tell you guys this the last time we talked? I can't remember. Uh, it was about, well, I don't think you did. It was That one was very interesting, actually. I, I really think, think this is highly fascinating because what happened was I had a, um, first off, you should know that I didn't know my dad very well. I didn't meet him until I was 16. Because uh, my mother hated him, and she took my sister and I when we were infants and uh, estranged us from his his company. So we moved, and she changed our names and did all sorts of things to make sure he couldn't find us. 
uh, and then told us he was most likely dead. But uh, but then when she wanted alimony and child support, then she'd be thinking, well, she might be alive and we could get that money. Uh, <laughs> so it, was, it was either one or the other. But uh, in any event, he was not a part of our lives. Um, but when I but another thing is my mom had always said she was going to kick my sister and I out of the house when we were 15 so we could live on our own. <laughs> so when I actually became 15, that became the imperative to find my dad. Um, mm which actually occurred. And right around the time I was 16, I went to live with him. But I only lived with him until I was uh, 17, uh, mm -hmm. because then I started college and um, and I was living on my own. And I, I've been living on my own ever since. So I only lived with my dad for a year. Um, huh. So and I and we didn't it, he was a very different kind of a personality. I mean, he's a he's a uh, he's a sailor. OK. And uh, he eventually became a captain of of, of a ship, so he—I mean, calling him a sailor kind of uh, minimizes what uh, what he does. But uh, he started out as a swift boat pilot um, in uh, Vietnam, okay, hmm. and uh, uh, and then that's how he learned how to pilot a boat. And then he went into the Navy and then the Virgin Marines and all this kind of stuff. He's a very rough guy. Um, the the kinds of things he's called his rough with strip paint, I would think. He, can, he used to string together a whole paragraph worth of, uh, of things uh, that had maybe four or five normal non-profane words in um, This guy could, could swear like he wouldn't believe. Anyway, and yet he was covered with tattoos, and he used to tell me that when he was younger in the Navy, he and his friends used to pitch, pick up hitchhikers so they could beat them up. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not my kind of personality, let's just say. It's probably a good thing you got out, there, out of there after a year. <laughs> well, the funny thing is he wasn't actually such a bad guy. He was, he was a tough guy and he, he wasn't into beating people up anymore when he, as an adult, which was good. And he didn't, he wasn't an alcoholic or anything, but, um, but still we were very different and, you know, worlds apart as far as personalities are concerned. The point of telling you that is that we didn't really discuss much. Okay. Outside mm -hmm. of, you know, what was immediately necessary to discuss. Um, and at the time I lived with him, I wasn't interested in my dreams. I wasn't recording them and I didn't think there was anything special about them. On top of which I was positively antagonistic to the idea of spirits, the existence uh -huh. of spirits, the existence of God, um, the, the the possibility of precognition, all that kind of stuff was like very remote from my thoughts at that time. Um, so anyway, um, with that context, a few years after I left home, I had a dream where I was uh, living in Chicago. It was the early 1920s. I, I want to say 1924 or so. Um, I was a member of a very wealthy family, uh, which consisted of a brother named James, who was younger than me, a father who was very swarthy looking, like he was from uh, I don't know, the, the Mediterranean region somewhere. Mm -hmm. It could have been Italy, it could have been Israel, it could have been, it actually could have been Saudi Arabia, but I had the impression he was like either Italian or Jewish or something. Uh -huh. he had that kind of um, and yet he had Caucasian features. Anyway, um, but we we're very wealthy. Um, he owned a big business. We had a mansion. We had a, our own art gallery, actually. We had a, mm. a Duesenberg car, which is a very fancy kind of car to have back then. Um, and I did not remember a mother. We had a, a my father had a, a like a manservant, and I worked in his business. I worked as a clerk. I was kind of like the Boy Scout of the family. And in this dream, I experienced six weeks. No, I'm sorry, that was, was three weeks. No, it was six weeks. Yeah, six weeks of my life there, and I mean everything. Every, wow. Every, wow. I even 
in the dream, I, I dreamed over again the dreams I dreamed then, you know. Huh. And, um, and I remember, you know, like brushing my teeth in the morning and getting dressed oh, and going to, to, to the, the, the store that he owned and, and uh, working there and talking to the other clerks. And I, So did it I, feel I, like you were there? Oh, it was absolutely like I was there. It was totally yeah. realistic. And okay. anyway, so I experienced every day of, of, you know, this short time period. And um, my brother, James, I remember being this disconsolate kind of surly fellow who, um, unlike me, was not exactly doing what his father or our father wanted him to do. So I was the Boy Scout and he was the, the ne'er-do-well, right? <laughs> so anyway, so I had this long dream, wrote it all down had all these details, including several I didn't bother mentioning because they're not pertinent to the way I'm going to finish the story up. <laughs> uh, and basically, once it's in my journal, I'm not thinking about it anymore, right? So a few weeks after that, my dad happened to call me, and which wasn't a, a real common thing, but he did. And he was talking to me, and I happened to mention, for whatever reason, that I don't have a very good memory for events that happened before I was about eight years old, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time I said that, I was maybe 21 years old, okay? So that's not looking back very far, and my memory basically disappears before I was eight years old, right? Uh -huh. Is essentially what I'm saying. I do have a couple memories before that, but not very many. And he said, well, son, I remember back to before I could talk. And I said, you got to mm. be kidding. I'd never even heard of that. And he said, yep, I remember when I was a baby. And he said, and you want to hear something really funny? And I said, what's that? And he said, I can remember before I was even me. And I said, what do you mean by that? And this, is, this was really surprising to me because we had never discussed reincarnation, <coughs> nor had we discussed my dreams, okay? Huh. So, and I hadn't brought up my dream in this phone call, okay? So he said, I remember living in Chicago in the 1920s. My name was James. We had this huge mansion. We were wealthy. We had a green Duesenberg. Wow. We were right across. We, had, uh, we were right on the lake there. And I had this older brother who was a real uppity pain in the neck. And uh, our mother had died. So I was very upset and I was wasting all my time playing tennis. Um, so that matched pretty well with my dream, didn't it? Yeah, that's incredible. My brother. So he would have been my brother in that light. Huh. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and but it's not like I was ever able to find out who those people were. Right. Hmm. So I, I mean, I did try to do that research at the time, but that was before the days of the internet. So it it would involve contacting the Chicago Historical Society, and right. They, it was just a daunting task to to do it properly. I'd actually have to probably drive to Chicago and and go there in person. And by the way, even the internet doesn't help because those kinds of records aren't easily accessible. Yeah. On the internet. It's kind of surprising how many things aren't accessible on the internet. You know, it, it seems like it's got everything, but even if you go to a date as recent as like 1995, um, there's a lot that still hasn't been digitized and mm -hmm. put on from as recent a time period as that. I know this because I've had to research things for various reasons, and I've found that the, the Internet, basically, information disappears at a certain point. And the yeah. older the back yeah, you go, the less information it has. So Andy, you know, yeah. uh, do you ever program a dream before you go to sleep that you want to have a particular dream? Well, I read about that concept, and I gave it a shot. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Well, and, and hey, real quick, if I can yeah. kind of tack on to, to the end of that question... Uh, 
so and maybe we could, and I can't remember if we talked about this uh, last time or not, but also, uh, especially talking about a dream where you experience six weeks, is it lucid? Are you interacting or just report? You're, you're just observing. No, that one I was interacting. That one it felt like I was really there and I was really doing all that stuff. Um, I had so this, another, so I this had could a, be a dream too, in no, that sense. No, no. <laughs> oh, there's there's a big difference because okay, in, in a dream my awareness is much greater than it is than when I'm awake. Um, and particularly if I'm aware of the dream, the, the difference of, of uh, it, it, you know, there's a there's something that people who use drugs all the time like to like to uh, describe as uh, con- cosmic consciousness, right? Yeah. And, now I don't use drugs, and I never have, and I think it's, you know, kind of appalling that other people do, but um, but the thing is, is that uh, it's it's kind of like that, or what I think they're trying to describe when they when they use that term. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's like in in dreams where I'm lucid, I'm aware of my physical life, and I'm aware of my spiritual life. I'm aware of why things are what they are and what's going to happen and what has happened. And I'm just aware of so many things that uh, there's no. So you were aware of your regular life when you had that six week experience. You, you were still aware that you had this. No, 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 no. No, That one wasn't lucid. That one, that one I was, I was like in the time. It was like, it was really happening. Um, I had another dream kind of like that, that had to do with uh, world war one um, where I, uh, I had a, a brother who was going to uh, war and I was very upset about it because I knew he was going to die. But anyway, um, but when I'm lucid, I, I'm very aware of, of things at a totally different level that you couldn't appreciate when you're conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any event, I lost track of your original question. What was <laughs> yeah, <that? it's> <laughs> program. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Didn't mean to, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to, uh, yeah, derail that, but yeah, programming, uh, programming your dreams. Yeah. Okay. So I read about that concept a while back. Uh, And when I say a while back, I mean like 35 years ago. (laughs) uh, So I thought I would give it a try and it did not work. Um, And I I tried really hard. The funny thing is that during that experiment where I was trying to do it, um, I had one of the most evidential precognitive dreams I've ever had, but it was on a totally different subject. So uh, this has to do with 9-11. What happened mm-hmm. was um, I had gotten into contact with uh, the amazing Kreskin via letter. And I forget exactly what the impetus for this was, but I, I be- oh, yes, I, I, I do remember. Um, I saw him on TV doing something that I thought was hilarious and interesting. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of his, his uh, what he calls concerts, but um, in this one concert, he he was saying to these people, okay, so now I'm going to, um, uh, ask you your names. And he essentially made everybody forget their names and addresses and who they were. Wow. Yeah. And, and watching them react in this completely genuine, totally believable way as if they completely forgotten their names and so on was just hilarious to watch. (laughs) But he, he also did some ESP feats that I thought were pretty interesting also. So, for what, and then I bought this book that he'd written way back when at the Strand for two bucks, and um, and I read that, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll contact this guy. He's in New Jersey, which is you know where I'm living at the time, right? Yeah. So, I so I sent him a letter, and he responded, and he thought it'd be kind of fun to do an experiment where um, I tried to have an, a, a veridical out-of-body experience where I could um, see whatever it was he was doing, and so I would. Huh. Uh, 
go to sleep at a specific time and and he would uh, do his best to uh, concentrate on me at that same time. And so what happened was I was so excited by the idea of this thing working that I couldn't sleep at the amount at the specific <laughs> time. It was impossible. I was like all I was up all night thinking, okay, fall asleep. Come on, you gotta fall asleep. You gotta so full. You know, uh, but it, it it wouldn't happen. But um, but two of the dreams that were done that happened during that time period were actually very significant. One of them was the most detailed dream I've ever had about a real event. And it had more, you know, line items that, that absolutely matched the later event perfectly than any other dream I've ever had. And that had to do with the 9-11 disaster. Mm. And um, and the other dream also had to do with the 9-11 disaster. And in that one, it was uh, the amazing Kreskin was in the dream and he mm. was telepathically communicating with me, which I was oh. aware of in the dream. And he was saying that, he was referring to the first dream. He was saying, you need to tell me about that first dream. It's very, very important that you remember the details of that dream. Can you please tell me more details? And oh. while he was saying that, I observed these two billiard balls fall off the shelf. The nine ball followed by the 11 ball. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, so he was referring to specifically a dream that had all the elements of the 9-11 disaster. Mm. Oh. Was, Give me more information. And then the 9-11 balls fall off the shelf. Jeez. And when, what year was this? 1990 or 91. Okay, um, yeah. Wow. That's I interesting. Think, so you had written him a letter. So you were in communication with him before these dreams, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I even sent him th that that dream, that super evidential dream in a sealed envelope. I, yeah. I did that. In fact, I did another kind of interesting thing happened when, when I did that because um, during this uh, this experiment, because uh, I was doing another experiment with this other guy named Dr. David Ryback, what I was doing was I was Xeroxing my um, or copying my uh, my dream journal entries using my copier that I had in the house, and then I was putting them in an envelope and putting a code on the outside so we know it was on the inside, and then sending it off. Right, that way we have this postmarked evidence. And um, so when I was copying that particular dream, which is a very long dream and covered, I don't know, 12 or 15 pages or something like that, um, I had a paper jam in my copier. So I, I stuffed my hand in there to, to pull it out, but it was really, really deep. So I, I was shoving my hand farther and farther into the copier. And it was like, and all of a sudden I had this sensation across my thumb, like I had just plunged my hand in ice cream. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's funny. I didn't expect it would be cold in the middle of my copier, right? <laughs> and then I thought, Wait a minute. That's not cold. That's extreme heat. Because when, oh, when things, it's for some all right. reason, they feel yeah. cold. So, I, but I didn't want to leave the paper in because I just found it. So I, here I am uh, pressing my hand against something that's super hot, and I take the time to grab the paper and pull it out, right? And then um, uh, I, I have this gigantic blister on my thumb. It's it's bubbling oh, wow. up. Watch, it's huge. <laughs> it's like two inches by maybe three inches across, and it's Ooh. it maybe it's coming up at maybe an inch above where it should. So it's huge and it really, really hurts. And um, and I go into the refrigerator and, you know, I'm vegan. And, and so I don't have meat in the refrigerator. I have nothing in there that I could use to cool it down with. And I don't drink and I don't use ice cubes. So I open up the free freezer and there's like nothing in there that I put on it. <laughs> uh, and But then my wife says, uh, Kitty says, you know, why, why not the frozen blueberries? And I look in there and I was like, okay, I'll give that a try because I, I didn't think of those because I was, I was thinking people put ice on it not 
or meat. They don't put blueberries, but <laughs> I, I, I put I put those on the on my hand and and it didn't do anything. The the blister was just getting bigger and bigger as I watched. So I, I, I said, Kitty, it's not working. And she's not even coming out of her room. She's busy working on an assignment. She's not interested in her husband, you know, having his hand fall off or something. So uh, she says, run cold water on it. She's shouting from the other room. And uh, so I turn on the faucet and it's like, nothing's happening. It's, it's like, it's not even soothing really. It's, it, and the, and the blister is getting worse. So I turn off the water and I, I said, and this is the first time that I can recall ever doing this. I said out loud, I said, okay, if there's anything to this prayer thing, I pray right now that this gets healed instantly. And I'm not kidding you right before my eyes in seconds flat, that blister went to nothing. It disappeared. Wow. It just, this in just sank back to where it was supposed to be. And it huh. was, and it was huh. like, it had never been there. It didn't wow, that's amazing. anything. And, yeah. you know, I, I did a little research on that later and I found out that number one, I had uh, made direct contact with the heating element of the uh, copier, which is called a toner fuser. And <laughs> what it is, is it's, it's a, it's like this wire that's used to fuse uh, toner particles to the paper and it gets up to, uh, I think it was 500 degrees. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. had my hand in direct contact with this thing and yeah. I was pressing hard against it. This thing that oh, was uh, probably somewhat less than 500 degrees because I, I imagine it most likely cools off as soon as it stops uh, being used. Um, but it was still very, very hot. Mm. Uh, and the Crazy. type of blister I had is uh, indicative of a second degree burn because oh, the, the, the skin had completely separated from uh, the lower uh, uh, part of my uh, of my hand. Right. Yeah, hmm. that's amazing. So, Andy, uh, Look, I wanna... what was your prayer? It was just to heal it instantly. Yeah. And it yeah. Did. Wow. Huh. That's amazing. So I want to go back to Kreskin again, uh, because I actually met Kreskin uh, in 1972 in Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> I was uh, working as a newspaper reporter then, and he was doing a performance, and uh, I interviewed him before for the newspaper. But, uh, and all I remember from that interview is that uh, he asked me, we talked about astrology, he asked me what my uh, sign was, and I said Taurus, and he said, okay, tell me what my sign is. I said, oh, you're a Taurus too. And he said, no, I'm not. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. That, that, but anyhow, he he was doing a mentalist show. Uh, mentalists are notorious for doing tricks, but do you think he also had psychic abilities? Oh, in his case, yeah, I do. But yeah, more I importantly, I, he's got fantastic comic abilities. He's a very amusing guy. Um, I, I I really enjoy listening to him talk because he's so funny all the time. Um, but yes, I do. I do think he's genuine. Um, and unfortunately though, our, our little experiment was not a success because the thing that I was supposed to be dreaming about, I did not dream about. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, I had those other two dreams, which were actually highly significant. Um, but, uh, in his case, I mean, the, it wasn't important to him because they only became significant about 10 years later. Um, and at that point, I think he actually, I wrote him again saying, you know, this dream that I sent you in this letter already happened. It just happened. Uh, do you still have that sealed letter? And he said, no, I don't. Um, hmm. so that was disappointing. Um, either that or yeah, I think he said he didn't have it or Errors. it was too difficult to find. I think it was more likely he didn't, he didn't no. in any event. Um, uh, oh, and then. The other guy, David Ryback, this is very disappointing to me. 
he said that when he moved, he threw away all of those envelopes, right, that I've been sending him. Oh, and, <laughs> and he said, but he did save one just as a souvenir, and it was the one from the day after. And I was like, ah, how, how could you do that? <laughs> The best one ever, and 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 then you know you you discarded it. Uh, it was too bad. I mean, I still have my journals, which is the original record. Yeah. disappointing. But as far as programming dreams are concerned, um, I find that it typically doesn't work. Uh, oh. I, mm. I've had it, I have had it succeed a couple of times. Okay, so um, but I don't do it very often because my expectation is it won't work. So why bother? Already? Yeah, I, I find that uh, when I I say I. I want to dream tonight. I want to have a dream tonight and remember it. That helps me remember a dream. Otherwise, I might just, you know, have a dream and not remember it. But because I program the fact that I want to have a dream and re- want to remember it, that I do. Okay, that's different, though. That's not yeah. what you asked for. That's different. Uh, yeah. yeah. What I was talking about, or maybe I'm interpreting what you said incorrectly, but uh, I thought you were talking about uh, having I, a dream about a specific subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I did have a. Yeah, I did have a more specific question related to that. If you ever had a program to dream to meet someone that is on the other side, who may be somebody who you knew in this life who is dead and you wanted to contact that person through a dream. Well, uh, I don't think so. I don't typically want to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing, look, here's the deal. You, you, you. You, you originally wanted to talk about about ghosts. And this, yeah, the, we are. <laughs> we're still, a, a we're still there. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll go ahead and, and do that. First off, um, because of my background and the, and the way we grew up, um, or my sister and I as kids, we didn't really ever develop very strong connections to other people. Okay. So my mom moved a lot. So, you know, this house I'm living in now is our, my 57th residential address. My and, God. And I'm only 55, okay? So that's more than one move per year of my entire life. Yeah. Except, and, and then consider the fact that I lived in the same place for, you know, uh, the last three years in New York and 12 years before that in the Netherlands. And, you know, I, so it's like most of those moves, those 57 moves, almost all of them are from when I was a little kid. Okay? Yeah. And this is all because my mom was trying to get away from ex-boyfriends and so on and didn't have very much money and was constantly getting kicked out of, various apartments for non-payment of rent. So the thing is, is that as a result, I, I really never knew anybody that well. So there, mm. there wouldn't be people who I would know uh, to contact after they died. If, yeah. I wouldn't even know if they had died, okay? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And then secondly, I have an aversion to making deliberate contact with ghosts in my dreams anyway. Um, but you have and, those contacts though, right? I mean, oh, you, yeah. You, you, have, you say a lot of your dreams are with ghosts, about yeah. ghosts. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like, I had this one dream where um, this spirit guide was there, and he told me um, that I should avoid making contact with ghosts in my dreams. And he said the reason is because as soon as they're aware that you're you're willing to pay attention to them, they are going to essentially mob you. They're going to they're going to want your attention, and they're going to demand it. And there are going to be so many of them that it's you're not going to like it. Yeah. Uh, and you never write about you never say anything about demons in your dreams either in your book because I on Kindle you know you can uh, you can do a search for a terms which I did of demons and you you don't you never you never mention that. So well, I I actually have dreamt about that particular type of character. Yeah. 
once. Once? Uh, yeah, once. And I don't really like talking about that, but you, you're distracting me here from something else. <laughs> Sorry. So let me get back to uh, ghosts. So anyway, yeah. so I got that warning about ghosts. But yeah, one of my earliest evidential dreams was of a ghost. And it was actually a ghost of a cat, of all things. Um, so in, in this particular dream, this is uh, just after I moved out of my dad's house. So I was 17 or so. And I was living with a roommate named Greg. And I, I was staying in like the attic of this tiny little apartment. It had a ladder to get up to it. It's kind of a funny, amusing thing happened. I had to get dressed up there, and this and my my roommate was this big muscular guy who liked to do chin ups on the uh, the opening that that led to the attic. So one morning I'm getting dressed, and he's doing he he goes and jumps up there to do his chin ups, and he spots me, you know, getting dressed, and I I make a noise of surprise, you know, like what are you doing? And he let go, and he fell all the way down the steps. It's <laughs> <God>. so funny. <laughs> anyway, but that that's where I am when I have this dream. And um, in the dream, there is this cat. My dad got the, these two little kittens uh, just before I met him uh, named Porgy and Bess, named after the characters from the, the operetta. And um, Bess died when she got rolled over by a car. Um, and that happened before I, I met my dad. But Porgy, I knew. And, I, you know, Porgy liked me and I liked Porgy. And when I used to go out painting, uh, Porgy would go out into the fields with me. And he'd go off and do his thing. He'd be, golly, he'd be so far away I couldn't see him. And I'd be painting. And, and the instant I was ready to, to uh, stop painting and start packing up my stuff, Porgy would come bounding across the field and he'd meet me. And uh, when I'd ride my bike into town, which was 45 minutes away by bike, uh, Porgy would show up like 30 or 40 minutes later, trotting up Jeez. behind me. So he would have followed me the whole way. Uh -huh. um, so this is this is Porgy. Um, Porgy had a was a Manx, he, so he didn't have a tail, and he was really a huge cat. Uh, and when he was a little kitten, he used to jump on my shoulder from the roof of the house. And when he was bigger, he used to pop <laughs> face by doing the same thing um, because he was so much heavier. But anyway, um, we moved to Maine, and I moved out of the house, and I was going to college, and I was in this little apartment, and I dreamt of Porgy. And in the dream, he was like this great, he had turned into this huge werewolf somehow. He was very angry with me. And he was saying, how could you let them kill me? And he was slashing at me, very painful. And then and it was very scary. It was a terrifying dream. So I woke up and I went down the, the ladder to, to the bathroom and and I uh, was thinking, golly, I'm so glad I woke up from that dream because that was super scary. And then I went back to sleep and I dreamt about him again. Oh. And this time he was tiny and thin and scraggly and diseased. Oh. He was, it was just sickening. He had, he had all these festering sores and everything, and he, he was slashing at me, and he was repeating the same thing. How could you let them kill me? Over and over again, he kept saying, how could you let them kill me? And then I woke up, again, like terrified, because it was a very scary dream. Uh, about two weeks later, I was my dad called me up to say my grandfather was in town and wanted to see me, because I hadn't seen him since I was a baby. Um, no, since I was six, because my mom introduced me to him when I was six. But anyway... Um, and I said, you know, Dad, as long as you're on the phone, it's kind of funny. I had a dream about Porgy last, uh, like two weeks ago. And he said, oh, yeah, what, what'd you dream? And I said, well, I, and I told him the dream. And I said, of course, it's all a bunch of nonsense. And he says, he said, well, you know, son, it's kind of funny. But two weeks ago, we, uh, we had him put down. And I said, what do you mean? Oh, my he God. He said, I brought him to the vet because he was sick. And he, we were told he had feline leukemia. Yeah. He suggested we put him down. So we did. So we had him euthanized. So the thing about that that I find interesting is that um, on the, the date that um, I had my dream of 
Corgi um, being angry with me because he had been killed by someone else that theoretically I could have prevented from having him get uh-huh. killed. Um, that exact thing was happening. Yeah, so wow. that I think was very interesting. Um, he didn't say, how could you kill me? It was, how could you let them kill me? So yeah. like, he mm. thought I would have some influence over whether he got killed if I had been aware of it and had done something. Uh, but, you know, the funny thing is at the time I thought, well, that's a funny coincidence. And I just wrote it off as, as not being particularly interesting. Um, but I did that a lot with those kinds of things back then. I have had so many experiences like that before I started believing this stuff could actually be real. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I was able to like discount them so easily. But yeah. in any event, um, yeah, that was one of my earlier evidential dreams. And that was a ghost dream. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a ghost. Yeah, I've had dreams of other animals. Like, for instance, I had a I had a neighbor once uh, that had this dog that was really, really rambunctious. Uh, this dog was an amazing athlete. She could jump a twelve foot fence. It was incredible. God. And um, she used to chase the mailman all over the place. And I'm not kidding. He <laughs> she actually chased him. I saw her chase him across a street full of cars, and she jumped over cars as she was chasing this guy, which is why he refused to deliver mail to us sometimes. <laughs> Um, and we were right next to a hospital and she used to chase little old ladies and walkers at the bus stop outside the hospital. Um, so this is a really rambunctious dog. So one day I had a dream of this dog and, and in the dream, she told me that she was reincarnated as this particular guy's dog specifically to cause him legal problems Uh, because she was angry with him for some reason. I forget what it was in a previous life. And so she, she took this life as a, as this particular guy's dog just so she could essentially be devil the guy. Um, and she, that dog did cause him legal problems because he was constantly getting sued by neighbors and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, uh, you know, you say you don't really like to, yeah, uh, you say you really don't like to have dreams about uh, people who are dead or ghosts, but, uh, you know, you've had a, but you say also, right, that you have about a third of your dreams are uh, about ghosts. And uh, what, I just want to, we want to wrap this thing up, but I want to, since we started saying we want to talk about dreams, about ghosts, I want to at least mention one particular one in the dream you had about a man who drowned 15 years earlier and yeah. continued drowning over and over again because of his fear of death. And yeah. Well, you uh, just tell us about that. You, that was, you, you described it pretty well. That was one of my earliest dreams that I know of about a ghost. Um, in that dream, there was a river, and there was a girl standing by the edge of a river looking at the spot where her father died of drowning on that same river. Um, and I could see he was there, um, and he wanted to attract her attention so that she could rescue him. Mm-hmm. But I also saw that it wasn't really the man himself. It was the spirit of the man. Um, And and as soon as he got to the top of the water where he could see his daughter, who had grown up, by the way, she was much younger when when, uh, he had actually drowned to death, Um, and he could see her getting older because she would come to the spot every once in a while and and look out over that that spot and think about him. Um, But as soon as his head was above water, he would realize he was in the water, and it would frighten him because he knew he couldn't swim. And yeah. then he would proceed to drown. And as he was drowning, he would go through all these motions as if he still had a body and he was struggling to get to the top. He didn't really know how to do it, so he kept on going to the bottom. But then after a certain period of time, he realized that he hadn't died. He realized that he had he had been he was able to breathe somehow, or at least he, he thought he could breathe. 
They thought, oh, that's funny. I guess I can go back up. So as he's thinking about this, he would go back up to the top. And then when he got there, he would become frightened again because he, he'd remember that he can't, he can't uh, swim. So he just kept going through this cycle over and over again. Over, for like 15 years or so. Yeah. And I tried, to, I tried to explain to him that he was dead, but I could only talk to him on the way up to the surface of the water. On the way back down, he was too terrified to talk to me. And the trip up was so brief that I wasn't able to convey the message because he actually there's another dream that's much more interesting than that that's kind of related, um, but uh, it has to do with a fairly famous guy actually. So I probably shouldn't mention his name in case his family here doesn't get mad. But um, this particular guy was a um, a comics editor uh, in New York City who, who made quite a few careers of very famous cartoons, um, and he died of. Uh, drowning also actually in uh, the ocean out in uh, Costa Rica uh, when he was in a diving accident and uh, I had this dream about him and he, and he said uh, you know it's kind of funny but uh, all these people are reacting as if I'm dead but it, actually what's happened is there's this guy who looks exactly like me that's, that's uh, uh, taken over my life, it doesn't look like me but he's taken over my life and, he, and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, showing me what happened. So he, he shows himself uh, going out diving, and then he comes back from the dive, and there's a guy lying dead on the shore that looks like him and everybody <laughs> thinks is him, right? Mm, yeah. so, so he says, so this other guy dies, and they assume it's me, so they, they say that I'm dead, and they fill out a death certificate that I'm dead. And so the people at my workplace go ahead and replace me and they hire another guy and my wife divorces me because she thinks I'm dead and so she's living with uh, she's somewhere else now and she's not with me anymore and um, and then he gives all these other details and he's coming up with this beautifully constructed kind of fantasy narrative to explain how he's still alive keep in mind this guy was a very prominent atheist in his lifetime right mm -hmm. uh, and he absolutely did not believe he was dead and I said and I told him that I said you are dead and he's like no I'm not and I said, I, I said, well, how on earth, what makes you say you're not dead? I mean, it, and I, I uh, and he says, well, because I'm here, aren't I? I obviously, I'm alive. <laughs> and, um, and I said, well, how do you explain all those people replace, you know, this other guy in your job? You know, why would that happen? He says, because they mistook this other guy for me. And I'm like, okay, well, how could they mistake take this other guy? And what do you think the chances are of another guy who looks just like you dying while diving in the same place you were diving. Oh. What do you think the chances of that are? And he says, well, it's an unusual thing to event uh, to event to occur, but uh, I admit, but it still happened, and I did see it. So obviously that's not the case. And I said, and what about, um, uh, have you seen, like, the, the, the ghosts of people that uh, have died already? Oh, and this, actually, this is what was going on with his wife, because his wife died before him. Um, and, he was, and I said, Have you, did you see your wife's ghost, for instance, uh, uh, welcoming you and asking you to come with her? And he says, well, yes, I did. Um, but that was just a dream. Like, oh, jeez. So, so he's explaining all these things that would tell him that he had died as a dream. Um, he's very, very stubbornly resistant to the idea that he's died. And I realized I wasn't going to get anywhere with him, but I was really trying hard to explain to him that he died. You know, I'll give you another one that was kind of interesting. Um, I had this dream that uh, the spirit guide brought me to a place because he wanted me to do something for this this guy, this ghost, right? Um, and this is not infrequent. I've actually had a few times where, uh, a, like, a spirit guide or an elevated spirit—I don't know what you want to call these guys—guides 
they'll come to me and they'll ask me to help someone else, and the someone else is a, is a ghost, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so in this particular case, it was a guy who had owned a bar. He was a bartender, and he um, he felt a lot of remorse because he he in his lifetime had encouraged people to become alcoholics so that he would earn more money. Jeez. So he was purposely doing things that would cause people to become alcoholics um, because he, he earned more money that way. But then after he died, he became aware of, uh, theoretically through a life review, although I don't recall that detail from the dream, but uh, he became aware of how much damage that caused those those people. And he, he felt terrible about it, and he, he wanted to make up for it, and he didn't know what to do. And so I, I told him, I said, what you should do is go to every alcoholic you can find and warn them of the dangers of alcoholism. And he said, well, how is that going to work? I'm a ghost now. They can't hear me or see me. <laughs> and I said, on a, they can't consciously see you or hear you, but unconsciously on a spiritual level, they will react to you. They'll, they, they will hear what you're saying. And that inf- the, the advice you give them can filter into their conscious behavior. But you have to be really adamant. You have to be strong. You have to really care. You have to make a real effort to get the message across. If you just say it, it's not going to have much of an impact. You have to have strength as you do this. Um, and that force has to come through so that, so that mm-hmm. it actually their, their conscious behavior. Um, yeah. And he thanked me and went off. But that's what that spirit guide wanted me to do. Well, uh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Andy, I, I think we got to wrap it up. But this has Wait, been fascinating. Our, I'm sorry, Andy. Our dog is sitting here wagging its tail, <laughs> wanting to go to the top park. <laughs> Okay, well, I, 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 I feel that in the sense that I actually would like to go to the bathroom myself. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is Oh, this, this is fascinating. Great, uh, Your work is just yeah. incredible. And once again, you know, we didn't get to many of our questions, but it was great. I mean, you got so many great stories of these dreams and, you know, that one thing leads to another. It's, uh, you know, we just... Do you feel like you live a dual life? <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, it feels like when I when I go to sleep here, I wake up there, and uh-huh. when I go to sleep there, I wake up here. Uh, and and speaking of one question you asked earlier that I didn't really quite finish answering the the um, uh, repetitive dreams. Yeah, that there are a couple of things that pretty regularly happen either just before I wake and just or just before I go to sleep. Uh, so like one thing that happens fairly often just as I'm about to wake up is I will actually see a ghost in my room standing near me looking at mm. me mm. Uh, and like different people. But uh, I, that happens fairly often. Um, uh, also, a ghost will try to contact me while I'm sleeping and that will actually wake me up. Uh-huh. Uh, but another thing is the, the, the sensation of waking up when I go into the dream. Just as uh, just before I wake up here, I I have quite a few dreams where I feel myself falling asleep in the dream, and then mm. and then I wake up and I and I wake up in bed. Um, uh. it, 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 but it's funny because sometimes in those dreams I, I will be o- totally overcome with overwhelming uh, tiredness and and mm. so I'll be like <clears throat> some, all of a sudden I can't maintain my concentration anymore and I feel myself kind of slipping away. And then I wake up here. Um, huh. So it's it's like I'm conscious all the time. Is is the is the effect? And, uh, and just then, just in the last like thirty seconds, you've created a whole nother list of questions that I have. But. 
Well, I'm happy to have you back again. Yeah, we're going to have you back again, Andy, at some point. (laughs) If if you like, that's perfectly fine. We'll give give you a little break, but we'd like to have you back. (laughs) This is just fascinating material. It's really good. Okay, I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. It's always fun talking to you guys. Um, So uh, make sure your dog gets out. Yes, I know. He's... And now that you know that these guys have spirits and they think about who you are and whatnot, you want to make sure you're on his good side, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, have a good day. Thanks so much. This is great. Thank Uh, you. I know. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.